following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. All episodes of the Nostalgia Funhouse are dedicated to the loving memory of Connie Chirac. Hey, Johnny. I'm glad oh. you finally showed up. Oh, yeah, man, I'm sorry. Uh, I got lost on the way here. I mean, this is a heck of a line for this show. Yeah, I, I heard the show is great. But- I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, it, you know, the Talk No Less Politics show, it sounds fantastic. To me. I don't think we're standing in line for that one. That's what, I think it's, that's what this I think is. It's, no. I can, Politics, I, no, I, let's talk about it. That's what no, this show's called. I see a different... Wait. Oh, okay, no, yes, no, we're politics. Standing, no. No, we're standing in line for the Nostalgia Funhouse. Oh, you know what? That sounds even better. Jeez. You know what? They probably got a really great sponsor. I bet they do. The all-new edition of Sesame Street Live, Big Bird Goes Hollywood, is coming to the Tri-Cities. KNDU-TV invites you to opening night when all seats are just $6. That's a $4 savings. KNDU Family Night will be Friday, November the 18th at 7.30 p.m. at Richland High Auditorium. Get your tickets at the J.C. Penney Company at the Columbia Center Mall for KNDU Family Night, November the 18th, and the all-new edition of Sesame Street Live. Well, Johnny... We've, uh, since you've come aboard, yeah, decided to change the name. Since you asked me, said Johnny, uh, I, I love the work you do. Uh, I appreciate everything about you. You're one of my closest friends. I think you're a beautiful soul. You said all these things. I'm just quoting you. And uh, would you please uh, be a part of my show? And I graciously said yes. It was not me just forcing myself upon this show that cannot be the truth <laughs> you i love having you on the show but i gotta say you seinfeld it you I 100% seinfeld you, it. you you were you you were there for me and now you're this there and that's why i was like <laughs> over like the past couple of months since we've been doing this together i was like i want to think of a name that's more fitting for what we do on the show yeah, we're fitting for our topics, and that's why I did switch it over to the Nostalgia Funhouse. And that's right, we're now the Nostalgia Funhouse, and I'm saying yeah. we because I'm including yeah. myself. <laughs> <laughs> you should include yourself. You're a big part of this. Yeah, you can't get rid of me now, Andrew. You've already yeah. stepped in it. <laughs> we signed some weird contract. Like that's right. <laughs> like uh, we, your talk- soul to the devil. I, I sold I my show to, the, to Johnny. I talked to the Wicked Witch, and she gave me this contract. As you said, son, it, my pretty, and here we are. <laughs> but before we get into today's topic, yeah, I brought this segment up, and you said it would be a great idea. Yeah, I like this idea a lot. And it is called Nostalgia Fix or Crash Cash Grab Dis, which means when something comes out, remake, reboot, it gives you that nostalgia fix would be it gives you that great warm fuzzy feeling inside and you're like wow this is great again or cash grab this just means hey these people want to make tons of money and they just don't care or you feel like they're dissing it yeah johnny i'm gonna lay down the new rob zombie netflix the monsters movie (sighs) real quick yeah nostalgia fix 
or cash grab this. Okay, so ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, all right. I uh, I like Adam's family a lot, but as a kid, I was most certainly the Munsters fan of things. That was my show, right? It was one of my shows. I loved that show as a kid, and I still love it. It's still really funny. It's still very goofy and campy. Uh, some of the stuff obviously doesn't hold up now because the show is, what, 40, 50 years old? Man. Yeah. Uh, so when I first heard that Rob Zombie uh, and his Dragula are going to make this uh, remake, I was concerned, but wanting to be positive, I was I was going to be hopeful because in all the interviews I saw of him talking about this, he made sure to point out that he's a big fan of the franchise. He loved the franchise. This was coming from a place of love. Then I found out it wasn't going to be like a rated R thing. And I was like, well, maybe I was getting more, you know, I was getting, I was getting happier. I was like, well, I'm really going to give this a shot. And then that trailer dropped. And I was like, man, I... I don't know about this. And the trailer was so poorly received that the movie went from being released to the theaters to saying, Hey, we're just going to drop this on Netflix. (laughs) And uh, I would say smart, smart decision. It is Andrew. This movie (laughs) is two hours long. It is so long. I caught myself. This is, this is how, you know, movies not good. I was like, man, I was, I was watching it. I was like, well, I wonder how much is left of this. There can't be that much more left. And I'd only seen 25 minutes of it <laughs> out of the two hours. Cause it just doesn't, it's just not, it's not good. I, the, the problem with trying to remake these classics is when you, uh, you know, like any of these properties have this issue uh, where you're casting these iconic roles Mm-hmm. Uh, you know are they going to be uh have their own like i think if you're going to redo it you got to kind of put your own little spin to it or you're just going to be a caricature and fall well short of what everybody considers the original herman monster is a great example of this um the original herman monster is honestly one of my all-time favorite just tv characters uh he's goofy he's funny he's obviously very campy um you know uh and he's just a <laughs> Despite being a Frankenstein's monster, he just seems like he always wants to do what's best for his family, right? Like he's a very lovable Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, a, a gentle giant in a way. Yes, yes. And so I really love that character a lot. But it's an iconic role because of how it was played, how the actor uh, played that role. You know, it's uh, it's uh, you have to have a certain presence about you for that to work. Okay. With that being said, this, if all you don't know, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, this is a retelling of how the main three characters met. That's the main gist of this movie. It's how grandpa and Lily and Herman all kind of came together for this family, right? That's the gist of this show or movie. Um, This would be much to me, if they'd made this a show, like a uh, like a six episode show yeah much much better idea i think it could have done better here um the, a lot of problems that i had with this was yes herman's jokes were always very dad joke like they're always really dumb and goofy and he would always be the one laughing at himself uh for the jokes he made they try to do that here 
but it just doesn't land right. Like it doesn't. And I think it's more of, I think the actor portraying him is a fine actor. I just don't think this, this part is one of the hardest ones I would think to cast because he's such a iconic character and he's iconic way more because of how he was originally portrayed. And that's just tough to recreate. And they're trying to recreate it more than kind of making it their own here. Um, I can't tell what they're going for here. There's a lot of, obviously they're going for camp, big time camp with this, but you can tell, you said something to me when you brought this up, like, I, or did you put it on your Facebook? I can't remember. It was, uh, you said that they were, it felt like they were trying too hard. Yes. That was on my Facebook. It just, yes, that is my number one thing. Like with the, what you're talking about with Herman Munster, he would tell a joke and of course he would laugh at it, but I don't feel like he ever was like slapping and dominating tables and like just, he would sometimes knock stuff like, off from his laughing, but they go overboard with it on this. Okay. Yeah. That's that's the way I felt. When I was watching this, it felt more like an episode of like I told you, big big bad Beetleborgs than anything else, where it takes classic universal monsters and they just go overboard with it instead of classic campiness yeah and yeah. that uh, I, I do want to give a positive i don't want to be totally negative on this thing so the positive to me is um i love the show lost it's one of my all-time favorite shows i really love that show and hurley on lost who's the big guy on lost uh was one of my i love that character too he's one of my, <laughs> i'm talking about favorite characters on tv of recent tv shows he'd be one of my tops is hurley and that actor is in this. He's playing like a Igor type character. He's sort of the mad scientist who creates Hermans. He's like his, um, his underling who's always, you know, the, the goofy dumb one who keeps making mistakes, uh, that type of character. And he's great in this. Like, he's just great. Uh, he's really good. I think the guy playing the mad scientist is really good. But these are characters that have nothing to do with the original monsters. They're nothing to do with it. I don't remember. He may have been a part of it. But I don't remember this character, the Wolfman, who is Lily's uh, brother. Yeah, and, and he's like the son of of grand Grandpa. I don't remember that character from the original show. I mean, he might have been there, but he's a major part of this one. Uh, they have an underlying. There's a B story to this that I'm fairly certain the Adams Family movies had already done, in which there's a bad guy who wants to own the place in which the monsters live. Yeah. That was one of the literally one of the things that happened in one of the Adams family movies. Like they just lived to that right from that. <laughs> I, I think they tried to reinvent the wheel and they made it square. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the way I'm thinking. If you were going to do this, like you said, TV show or if it's a movie, introduce the whole family because that was yes. the. That was the dynamic. I think a lot of people got brought into it. That and you can do little flashbacks of them meeting or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's man. And I'm also realizing that I'm coming at this from a, like, I really love this franchise. Like I have a deep sense of nostalgia for it. So I'm obviously going to be a little bit more harsher on this and probably somebody who's maybe just a casual fan or somebody who just kind of knows it. Because I did see a lot of people on Twitter and online who did like this, who thought it was pretty good. I actually saw somebody say this is one of Rob Zombie's best films. <laughs> That's true. I have no desire to see anything he's ever done. But that is me. Uh, that is my feelings and opinions on it. 
I, uh, you've, how much of this have you watched? And neither one of us no. have finished this yet. No, uh, you know what? I don't even know. <laughs> like I was, uh, I like to do when I'm doing like graphics or I'm editing or something. It's very weird that I do it when I'm like editing audio and stuff. No, I get it. I like yeah. to have stuff in the background. I, I, it was like a background thing. And sometimes I get entranced into it. I mean, the, the old show made me do a whole retrospective on all in the family because yeah. I was watching all in the family. And I'm like, this is like, I, I knew it from a little bit. And I was like, this is a classic mm-hmm. watching. This was like, Oh, this is still on. Yeah. And then you messaged me. was like, Hey, are you ready to record? I'm like, I'm ready whenever. And I would normally <laughs> never, I would probably yeah. do that sometimes when I'm watching something, but it's out of like, oh, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll come back to it. I don't know if I'm going to come back to this. I really don't know. I read, I did the, read the rest of the plot on Wikipedia and I don't think I want to go back. I, I, re- I'm <sighs> right if I got nothing else to do. All right, so I have to finish this for another show that I'm doing. Okay. Because we're giving a full review of it, so I have to force myself to finish this. Oh, I am an hour and 20 minutes into it. Okay, well. Uh, I God so bless wish you. me. Thank you. Yeah, wish me best <laughs> of luck. Um, It takes Herman Munster, who I would argue is the most recognizable character, maybe in, t- like in TV, like you have to put him in history, doesn't even show up for the first half hour of this movie. He's not even there for the first half hour. And then when he is there, the iconic look that he has of the torn jacket, he looks like Frankenstein's monster, of course. Yeah. That's the iconic look of Herman as well. And he's barely in that costume in the hour that I saw of him. He's in all kinds of other costumes. They're trying to be goofy and over the top. There's weird camera shots all of a sudden out of nowhere in this too. Yeah. Uh, like there's a scene where grandpa month, uh, grandpa's getting a call, a phone call. And then it, the camera pans to the, to the phone and just does like, like a zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out real quick as the phone's ringing. And I was like, that's, it's not even, you can, there were movies that would do jokes like that, that were a purpose. And there was a joke there, but this just didn't make any, it just wasn't funny. And I was like, man, are we just supposed to laugh? Cause it's like a skull phone, right? Like it just makes sense that he has a skull as a phone to me. Like I, I get it. You know, um, the, the other I thing know. I brought up to you is if they ever do this again, should it be in black and white? And yes, yes, hundred percent. It should. And on top of that, if they ever try this again, Man, again, I like Rob Zombie's music, so I'm not trying to diss everything the man does. And I do think he really did love the original. But I was what as I was watching this, I just kept thinking how I wish somebody else had done this. <laughs> like maybe um, you know, somebody who uh because for me, this I think you need to approach this as somebody who's uh, d- familiar with writing a comedy. Yeah, and not familiar with writing a horror movie that has comedy in it. I think it's going to be the other way around for this show. And so I was watching this. I was like, man, I wish like the, any of the guys from who do what we do in the shadows or something like that, mm-hmm. if they could do like this, but obviously keep it PG. Uh, I think it would have been a much funnier movie. Um, man, I obviously for me, I, it's very obvious. I think this is a. It's hard to say cash grab because I already assuming they lost money on this considering they didn't put it out in the theater like they wanted to originally. Cash but I know what you're is like uh is like trying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's what I'm gonna go with. I I will finish this 
but I do not foresee that it has to come a long way to change my mind in the last 40 minutes of this. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely just like the, the cash grab death. It just... and, you know, and this being the holiday seasons are starting up. Uh, we're going to have a lot of these that we can do. I mean, you know, Hocus Pocus is coming up very soon. Oh, the sequel to it. I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> But we're going to do it, Andrew. <laughs> oh, I don't want to do it. I'm going to do it. So I'm at least going to talk about that whenever that comes out. Uh, I love the original. Uh, I'm a sucker for it. So we're going to see how it goes. I like, the, just real quick, I like the original as a kid, and then I watch it now, and I'm like, oh, this wasn't as good. I have very fond memories of it. I, uh, there's certain movies that when I was a kid, I watched them with my grandma, and I was very, very close to her and she's been gone now for years so like these movies just hold a special place for me like that one homeward bound uh, move on there's these movies that i watched with her for the first time that just stick with me and that in hocus pocus is one of them i have never seen milan like i had like i remember honestly uh going to the movies with my grandma and my parents and i think my grandpa probably wasn't driving the truck because he wasn't there but uh they were like we're gonna see milan and i was like man you know i was like a teen i was a i wasn't even a teenager i was a kid but i was a boy i was like this is about a disney princess or whatever i don't want to see this and andrew i freaking loved it <laughs> it's fantastic we'll, it's we'll so have fun. to tackle we'll have to tackle that for um for you know a movie review i think at some point yeah i think so too uh but uh, i think we're both agreeing that the monsters rob zombies monsters yes. is uh, a cash grab for us yes it is just it's horrible. Well, watch it for yourself. Obviously, make your own choice. But yeah, yeah, uh, I would not recommend it personally. I, I wouldn't recommend it. Like, I feel like it's if I'm watching something and it's a slog for me to get through, and I feel like I have to finish it as a quote unquote a work thing. That's not a good review. <laughs> the one TV show that I did like when uh, we, you know what, we'll save that for. I think we could save that for another segment or something like that before. But. Yeah. But on to our topic. Today. That's right. <laughs> Sesame Street, the beloved children's show that's been on since what, 1969? For a long, oh, nice. That's been. It's been. I just need the rim. You know, just. <laughs> um, uh, Andrew, uh, you knew this when I force myself onto your show i yes i may be close to 40 but my uh sense of humor and uh just myself in general has not got past 12 so. that is why i need you and trevor to remake spies like us <laughs> <laughs> i think you two are the most perfect people for that whole entire role i want to give me a shot of writing the monsters i'll write the new monsters there you go we should <laughs> Watch it be awful though. Watch it be just as bad as Rob Zombies. <laughs> I don't know if it can be, but Sesame Street, very beloved yeah. children's show. I grew I up with it. You grew I, up with I, it. I grew up with it. I literally got to watch it, and I have very fond memories of watching it and reading Rainbow in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. That'd be the two shows that show us during quote unquote nap time. Would be you know Sesame Street and reading Rainbow, and also do you remember Wishbone? Yeah. And Wishbone. Those are the three that I distinctly remember from PBS as a kid. I I was fortunate enough to live close to the border. Yeah. So I got Canadian Sesame Street, too. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. A? 
<laughs> that was my. The, I actually probably watched more Canadian children shows. Yeah, than I did American children that, shows. That makes sense. Well, real quick before we dive into this, yeah. let's uh, Sesame Street. Who are your top three? You don't have to be in an order, but top three yeah. favorite Sesame Street characters. Oh, you got to go Ernie, Cookie Monster, and oh, man. I think it's, I'm going to go with like humans. I think it's get it. tie no. between Luis and Gordon. Oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah See, I was I the one thinking Muppets, but I get that. Yeah, I kind of um, like them. Like when they were on, like yeah, I very important characters. Yeah, I learned a little. Uh, all right, uh, Cookie Monster has to be there for me. Obviously, I gotta have Cookie Monster. Man, as a kid, I absolutely loved Big Bird, so I guess I gotta put Big Bird in there. And I'm not going to count Kermit though; he did show up from time to time, but uh, he was always like a little guest star. So I can't count Kermit as an original Sesame Street character. So I won't do that. But I'm going to go with. Um, the count. I really love the count. I can't believe they forgot about the count. <laughs> yeah, he's hey, hey, hey. He's so good. And he kind of ties in with this. He never, I don't know when he actually started showing up, but he's not in this episode. I know that. No, no there's <laughs> that no, would have been a great that would have been a great uh why didn't the wicked witch talk to him? <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> what? <laughs> but like Johnny said, on so this Sesame Street episode we're talking about is banned or lost media, and it's episode 847. It originally aired February 10, 1976, and like uh, Sesame Street had tons of guest stars. They still do. Oh, yeah. This one. Do you know uh, who the very first guest star was? Who? Uh, James Earl Jones was the first uh, was famous he? person on there. Yeah. That's funny because the my biggest one that I remember flipping out over as like a kid as earliest memory is when R two D two and C three PO were on there. I remember that too. Yeah, it was yeah. Huge. that was mind blowing for me. <laughs> this one played was you know the guest star was Margaret Hamilton who replies her role as the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, and, and an iconic villain from just in pop culture in general, right? Yeah, we don't like her, but. <laughs> And it's really wild the story behind this. Um, it's, her background is actually in education before she even got into acting. She was a major. She was a teacher. Uh, she was a big proponent of education. Obviously, she really pushed for it. And it's just so wild that she got this character that became also iconic. And they were like, "Hey, let's have her on Sesame Street." And I bet she was thinking, I mean, this is going to be great, right? Like, obviously, I guarantee she loves Sesame Street for what it stood yeah. for and all this stuff. And then uh, she does the show, which, on a, okay, you can go. It's on YouTube. You can find this show, the entire hour-long episode. Or she, she shows up in segments wait, throughout wait. it. Yeah, or you can find the ones where it's just the clips. No, don't tell them that. <laughs> They're going to suffer like we did and watch the entire hour. I won't say suffer. That hour was better than the monsters for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned. Uh, I learned a lot about the letter I. Yes. Well, it was also also brought to you by the letter Z and the number nine. That's right, and the number nine. I remember that very much. I like so. that I on the island song. Yeah, yes. Kind of stuck in my head there for a little bit. There's also a song too. I, it's not in my head anymore, but I I was singing along to it. Where it had the animals and there was like birds on the animals. Uh, that one really was very catchy. Uh, but man, yeah, it's crazy. If you if you watch it now, it's hard to understand 
why it was banned. Because obviously, especially by today's standard, this thing is uh, G-rated all the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it, and it all starts with there's a storm, and I didn't even know this guy existed, a guy named David, who's outside of Mr. Hooper's shop, which is another great Sesame Street episode. I, I think would like to discuss is the, the whole Mr. Hooper thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we can do that when I feel like crying. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, a broom comes down, he catches it in the most dramatic superhero way possible. Cause this thing is flying from the air, but he catches it one handed and kind of does a little thing. And it ends up being the wicked witch of the West broom. David has it. She comes down. She tries to take it from him, but she cannot take it. There's, here's the here's the plot twist she cannot take it from him if he's holding it yeah she can only take it if nobody's touching it yeah that was the interesting thing yes so that's pretty much it like so if you look into the background the idea they had for bringing her on was uh how do you deal with uh i quote unquote a bully uh in a positive manner how do you deal with uh, conflict that type of thing and um like i when i was watching this that's what i was trying to look at this from like what mess because obviously sesame street they're always trying to teach what are they trying to teach here and to me it was just way more entertaining than teaching anything (laughs) so maybe they kind of fit a little bit on that but you know i yeah because another one that what they were talking about is is the show was like, I watched a video, a guy did a video about this and how it actually got re-released and everything else is kind of like another win for the internet warriors type deal. Uh, the show was, yeah, about fear and planning. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't under... The, I, fear, would, the fear would be just her character, I think, yeah. because most kids obviously know Wizard of Oz, but uh, and she is obviously a major villain. Uh, one of the YouTube videos I watched on the history of this also said that a lot of the complaints that the parents would say was they were <laughs> kids were waking up screaming, I don't want to get turned into a basketball. <laughs> yeah, because she tells David that yeah, she's, she's going to turn him in. And you know, <sighs> which then was scarier when she tells Big Bird she's going to oh, turn him into like a feather duster. Yeah, that's way worse. <laughs> But it, it's it's funny how she goes by doing this, and I think it was more what you were leaning towards, like how to deal with a bully or, you know, somebody trying to take something, even though it's theirs, like to ask yeah. nicely, because all David keeps on saying is, if you ask nicely, yeah, I'll give it to you. So she could have ended it, but she's a wicked witch. Yeah, but, but she's, she's a, she's a villain. That. Yeah. So she gets mad and she makes it rain in Mr. Hooper's store, but she still kind of gets her way. <laughs> it, yeah, but she has to ask nicely, though, at some point. But she doesn't ask nicely as the Wicked Witch. She's, quote-unquote, pretending to be uh, an old lady. and uh, But they figure her out, though. Spoiler, oh, yeah. Spoiler yeah but, she, but she still thinks she's getting away with it. But isn't that kind of like one of those things where sometimes it's good to just let people think? Yeah. One? yeah. I'm just but, saying, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's better. Kind of like... Um, Kind of like you do with me oh. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's in the Bronx tale. I love it. I like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where he talks to him about the guy that owes him 20 bucks. And he's like, hey, 
you know, he owes me 20 bucks and he keeps on ducking me. He's like, do you even like that dude? He's like, no, I don't like him at all. He's like, well, whatever. Think about it. It costs you 20 bucks to get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. Call it breaking even. All right. So he made the witch feel like she won and she got a broom and, you know, he he doesn't have to deal with her anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But can we talk about the warrior up big bird? outside of the store when yes. the witch was there with the hockey stick and the baseball bat. He was going to be her sister. That is the most... I want an action figure of that Big Bird. The Big Bird we all know and love uh, was going to beat that witch sister. He was going to go Casey Jones on her. <laughs> Louisville Slugger, Jose Canseco. Well, no, uh, we'll do Reggie Jackson because it's yeah. 1976. <laughs> I bet he didn't pay money for that. <laughs> but that was like the the craziest thing I got out of this. Was yeah, like, that was so great. The craziest then, thing I got out of this was uh, Grover trying to give this guy his alphabet soup, but that guy kept complaining that it was missing letters. I would have just thrown that soup in that guy's face. He got tired of it. <laughs> I don't have a feeling you're going to be But that was always like the shtick, I thought, with that guy. Yeah, the was. other one was like Oscar just purely hitting on the Wicked Witch of the West. I love that part. He was yes. like, hey, how are you? <laughs> kind of like, hey, how are you doing? As he I think I'm in love. <laughs> as he creeps out of the trash can. Because he's just obviously mean to him. But it, that's if you're Oscar the Grouch, that's what you're looking for. <laughs> But like you said, this it was like, it was just, ba- oh, I got to talk about the ending as she loses, she does no hands and she loses the broom again. And David is crying that he cannot do it again. Yes. <laughs> Poor David. But, so did David really win? No, David, David. That's probably why Poor we David. never grew up with David on Sesame Street. Cause he probably <laughs> was like, I can't do it again. After I can't this do episode. this anymore. <laughs> Poor I'm baby. done. I'm out. Bring in Luis or somebody else. Yeah. We're, oh we're good. man, we're good. I feel bad for David. Oh yeah. man. Oh, the, but let's also talk about how in this episode the, the Cookie Monster is a genius. <laughs> oh, I love the Cookie Detector. He bring he brings out a Cookie Detector with Ernie, and he goes, "Hey, I made this Cookie Detector. Can tell you how many cookies are in something without having to open it up and see." So he looks into the cookie jar, Ernie's cookie jar, and he goes, oh, there's five cookies in here. And then Ernie's like, oh, man, that's really cool. Can I see that? And, uh, you know, Cookie Monster's like, sure, here you go. And as, uh, you know, Ernie's paying attention to that, Cookie Monster is just uh, just smartly just eating up all those cookies. <laughs> it's a genius move. <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> yeah, it's just smart. Uh, but then that cookie, that detector is really great. Though. You can detect in Cookie Monster how many cookies he ate. Yeah, in his stomach. Yeah, yeah, that's impressive. It's so sad. I can remember if there's five. <laughs> there was five <laughs> cookies. Yep. <laughs> I I actually like there's a Muppet Wikipedia page on this. Like a oh, Muppet Wiki. Oh, real, has... before you get to that real quick. Also, yeah. I have a deep I think it's because of my love of animation. I really love those little animated shorts they have in Sesame Street. They're just all just teaching you stuff like the letter I and stuff like that, but they're just really cool. I really like those. I was waiting for the pinball. Yes. Yeah, Always yeah. wait for the pinball. I, I got to do a meme of that where it's like you can, scientists say you can't hear pictures, but I can hear that. Like even if you put yeah. that letter 12, I can listen. Yeah. 
but they have some some letters here that are very let's see if i can't find a short like one. letters from the parents yeah oh okay yeah recently i noticed the number of programs that have quite uh, this is from somebody in dallas texas oh Vinny and i picked this one uh recently noticed the number of programs that have quite a bit of dealing with witches crystal balls and etc for this reason this concerns me that are is that witches are not make-believe and they do exist in what is called satanism and satan worship possibly this fact was overlooked oh man all right so i did see a thing uh where it talked about one of the problems that this show had this episode in particular had was it came out during the satanic panic oh and yeah for those who don't know that was a time where the like satanism everybody thought it was going to take over basically and people were just mainly uh, uh christians were very afraid of this right uh, i grew up in a, a mennonite church and this like and i'll say i was very lucky the church i grew up in because i it kind of formed who i am and i'm very happy for it but also in my life, uh, I've met people who consider themselves Wiccans and stuff, and they're everyone that I've ever met has been awesome. So, <laughs> so it's just a stupid, uh, that's just a stupid panic thing that uh, a lot of uh, really good people probably really got hurt for it. But uh, yeah, so that was uh, the timing of it coming out was one of the major things. Not only was it scaring children, it really legit scared kids, I'm sure, but uh, that letter you just read was a, they got a lot of letters about that too, because of when it came out. Yeah. Here's a, from San Diego, California. I really disapprove of some of the monsters you have. <laughs> some are cute. And then in parentheses, they're kind of just adding this Grover and cookie monster, which is true. That is yeah, true. They are adorable, but I'll let that pass. And oh, thank you. And, and then, <laughs> And the, okay, and then came the day you added the count to your program. Oh, this person just jump off a bridge. And and then the witch. It seems to me that one can dwell on more one. <laughs> <laughs> one can dwell on a more positive side of light than these occult symbols oh good yeah the count was literally uh, a character who just counted stuff and he just happened to be like a, a vampire but he was obvious he was not really a vampire he's a freaking puppet for crying out loud and uh this also though says that he was around when she was around yeah so, so the, I, they they missed an opportunity there how did these two not meet Oh, here, here's one because she did end up on, she was on Mr. Rogers a lot. Yes. One, uh, she, uh, I do know the story real quick. Yeah. Because of this, uh, all this that happened, uh, Fred Rogers had her on his show to kind of show kids that what acting is and that she was playing make believe. That was like the first time she showed up on that was because of this. Yeah. Uh, this is Garton, Massachusetts. My three and a half year old son has been very disturbed and frightened by the witch episodes. He had, he had seen it before and we talked about it because it did, I think re-air maybe once or twice Yeah. after this. Then Mr. Rogers devoted an entire 
the show to explaining her make-believe qualities, but her reappearing in a repeat today has reinforced his fear. Now, as a parent, yes, you have talked to your child about that. Be like, remember what Mister Rogers said? This is just she. She's an actor yeah. playing a part in a way. Yeah, the Wicked Witch is not a real thing. Yeah, and you know what's funny is my mom was huge in Wizard of Oz to the point where it was like when I'm pretty sure most families were like when it was on TV. Oh yeah, was- it, it would come. It was kind of like a holiday special, right? It would come on once a year. It seemed like. And I, we watched it all the time as a family. And yeah. she always told us she was more afraid of the flying monkeys than the witch. Yeah, they're much creepier. Okay, much much creepier. The creepiest part about her is when she melts at the end. <laughs> yeah, that was the other. So that's scarier to me. How is she still alive? Did she reanimate? <laughs> yes. Like that's more scary. Yeah, than anything else. That's that's my question. Is did she re? Animate they wow this one is a little girl that wrote it or a little yeah a little girl named Hillary three and a half years old I do not like that witch to be on Sesame Street please don't have it it there anymore I'm scared of it I like that one this See, I like that one. Nice that one, I appreciate that one the most <laughs> that one hits I yeah. I'm like yeah okay Hillary I'm sorry I'm sorry Hillary. I'm sorry you had to go through that. I did ask my aunt who was, I, I don't know if she was watching Sesame Street at this time because she was, here's a lady that's quoting Bible verses. Oh, man, I bet that was, I bet she's fun at parties. <laughs> Let's, I'll just read. Many people feel witches are merely a harmless childhood fantasy or speak of witches as a symbol of evil struggling against good. But Glenda proved that wrong. When she yeah, because she's a good witch. Are you a good witch? Or are yeah. you a good witch? Glenda yeah. said that. I'm going with Glenda. I'm going with Glenda as well. That definitely reminds me of obviously, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you uh, how to practice your faith, whatever yeah. your faith is. You do it however you feel. As long as you're not hurting anybody, I don't care. Uh, but I definitely remember as a kid that there was this one house, and we only made this mistake once. They had their porch light on on Halloween for the sole purpose of when kids would show up uh, so they could tell you that it was a pagan holiday and we shouldn't be trick-or-treating and they wouldn't give out candy. That was the sole reason for it. And I remember being, what? I was a child just wanting candy. That's all it was. And uh, and I didn't have the heart because I wasn't smart enough back then to tell her that a lot of the Christmas uh, things that we do yeah. for traditions kind of came from pagans. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like the lights and everything. Yeah. And the trees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in reality, witches are neither products of fantasy nor symbols, but real powerful, destructive followers of Satan who put, the, I like how I'm reading this, um, who put themselves and others under terrible bondages. Oh, <laughs> so we have Exodus 22, 18. Okay. All I right. think it's what? Uh, Le- oh my goodness, Leviticus. Leviticus, yeah. Nine nineteen thirty one. Good year. <laughs> oh, and also Leviticus twenty 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 six and twenty seven. Deuteronomy eighteen. 
18, 9 through 14, and 1 Samuel 15 and 23. All right. So I did find uh, Leviticus 19, 31, because that's the one I can remember because it sounded like a year. Do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. That's what that was saying. Really? Yeah. Or uh, give no regards. It's the same thing, just different. I don't know how. Do, do you have the Bible app on your phone, too? I Googled it. Oh, you Googled it? Oh, I have the Bible app. I used to have the Bible app on here, but I don't have I, it anymore. I can't get rid of it. I'm, like, afraid. No, I get it. <laughs> I have, uh, like, I literally have five or six Bibles, and I've never gotten rid of one of them. <laughs> I have a trunk from the Marine Corps, and, like, in boot camp, they would just hand them out, or, like, when we were yeah. overseas, and I still have them all because I can't. I have this weird feeling of karma, and I was like, I just can't do it. <laughs> So Exodus twenty two eighteen is do not allow sorceress to live. I think, God. <laughs> so what I'm gathering from a lot of these letters is they want the Sesame Street to have the witch on but murder her viciously. <laughs> yes. Or I'm a, a housewife or something. And yeah. I'm trying to occupy my time. And I'm not trying to sound sexist or anything like that. Because it reminds me of an episode of Barney Miller, great classic show. Yes, yeah. Yes. Um, where this lady, she was by herself, and she would watch soap operas, and then she would go to the police station and report the crimes, but talk yes. about the actor. This is what it rem- kind of reminds me of, and I know it. Like, uh, out of all the problems that were going on and even the world back then, is this the thing you want to waste your time being upset about? That is what I'm trying to get at. Like, I understand it it scared kids, but you know what? The boogeyman on the real Ghostbusters scared the crap out of me. I honestly, as a kid, I was petrified of that hand from the hamburger helper. I That thing (laughs) scared the tar out of me. (laughs) I would have, I was, I remember being a little kid. And like just my imagination running wild, I was like, did I just see a little hand running across the floor? And it just freaked me out that he was going to grab my feet. <laughs> it was the craziest thing. I, <laughs> my thing was the boogeyman from the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Well, see, that makes sense because that I, is really creepy. It, creepy. And my brother's was when he was younger because uh, he grew up in the Star Wars age. Of yeah. being able to actually collect the original ones, Bib Fortuna, he would have to. My one of my parents would have to put into a drawer at night. <laughs> he could have Bib Fortuna for the day, yeah, but at night he put it away. So he was probably really happy at the end of Mandalorian oh, season yes. two when he watched Bib Fortuna die. Yeah, <laughs> he was probably like, yeah, "The nightmare is over." He probably went outside, you know. Well, that's kind of that's part of childhood, though. Like, right? Like be, mm-hmm. being afraid of stuff and overcoming those fears. I mean, who wasn't a kid who was afraid of a closet, right? Like, yeah. I, I was afraid of the dark when you're first. Basement, man. Ooh. Yeah, the basements. Uh, you know, it's just all a part of childhood. And depending on, you know, some of us obviously luckier than others with uh, who our parents were. I was very fortunate. I know you were very fortunate, mm-hmm. and um, they would use these moments to teach and stuff like that. And um, kind of take those fears away but it's how it's part of growing up is being afraid of these weird small things they don't really when you grow up you're like man why was i afraid of that you know here's one the program contained one witch my three-year-old 
was a was pale as a ghost. So and was so worried about Big Bird that he had trouble falling asleep ever since. I would hate to delete Sesame Street from my child's day, but the nightmares are not worth it. Now, this one's interesting because did she watch the show with them? Because if you watch the show, at the end, Big Bird's like, I kind of like her. Yeah. You know, he was I, very I, positive about her. Yeah. I thought she was interesting or something. I think he said used some word like that. Yeah. So either the kid ran he out was, of the he, he, Yeah, he wasn't afraid of her. Or I've been guilty of it myself. The TV was the babysitter. And if you watch the episode, the scariest thing she does is she makes it rain indoors. Yes. And which is just, they just go outside and they're dry. And that's all they had to do. Uh, even though I'd be, uh, I'd be more mad than scared because you're just ruining all the stuff inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's just me thinking as an adult, uh, as a kid, I would be like, I, whatever. A, <laughs> as a kid, I would think, could it rain inside here? Because I was always that kid that got yelled at for the, the uh, opening yeah. the umbrella in the house. Well, the scariest part to me would be like, the stuff that happened to her. Like when she tried to grab the broom and they like, would like shock her or whatever. Yeah. That's by far the scariest part. Like just as a show as the episode's going through that's just happening to her the the bad person <laughs> and i like how you um explain explain the satanic panic because i completely kind of like forgot yeah. about that well that's my history creeps side yeah in. i was gonna say that's a, <laughs> this is your history creeps plug right here yeah. but that whoa david got into legal troubles oh <laughs> I was like looking to see where it was. This is a great thing. It's a great thing about Googling as we're recording. You just discovering this stuff. Do we want to know what he got in trouble for? Uh, I I don't know. Maybe, that's, maybe there's a reason maybe why I don't know what to share my thought. Yeah. <laughs> Got to read over this before I. Oh, I I just was like, what happened to David from Sesame Street? Because he seemed like a big character on the show. He's a major. He's a major part of this episode, especially. So I wanted. To know, whoa, this sounds not good. <laughs> okay, so there's if you go to Wikipedia, I did not read any any of this, but it goes to legal troubles, health problems, final years on Sesame Street, and then the next little section is mental health and death. Oh, so obviously, David had some problems. Yeah, yeah, so that's why he's not on the show. So that well, for this episode alone, he was fine. Wait, he was on until 1989. I don't remember him, but I was born in '83 kindergartens when you're five so maybe he was just going off of it when i started watching it i get yeah the timing might have been just like that i don't know okay so i mean when i was watching it like elmo wasn't a major part of it either he became the big star the elmo muppet does show and follow the puppet shows up and follow that bird but it's not they don't consider it elmo yeah okay so now i now i feel good that i know what happened to david Yeah. yeah or northern conway as his actor name is yeah man i'll let sleeping dog <laughs> that one i do want to do an episode one day just on pbs shows in general uh, the pbs shows are so yeah. great what's the story wishbone what's that you're dreaming of i loved ghostwriter yes yeah obviously i was a big fan of bill nye the science guy uh there are a lot of shows on there that i really watched and liked a lot I, I want to do tv scientists because i just did a graphic on that yeah. <laughs> and like if I had to rank him, Bill Nine is like the bottom. And Bill then, Nine now will be the bottom because he seems very pretentious to me, but like his show uh really taught me a lot. It was was very kind of goofy 
in how it taught you with stuff, which I appreciate. Uh, but as you get older and you realize that he's like, I don't care what you believe. That's fine. Again, yeah. I'm going to hurt anybody, but he seems very pretentious about it uh, to me, <laughs> but I he love just, the show growing he projects up. It. Yes. Yes. Okay. He may be a super nice guy in person. I've never met him. I don't know, but yeah. Um, that'd be another fun episode. Let's uh, talk about TV scientists. You yeah. Know? I loved it. Beekman's world lives amazing. Oh yes, I. And we, yeah, and we got to talk about you know the you know the two Muppets you know, <laughs> and uh, the original for me, Mister Wizard. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, there's all kinds of. Good he had ones. a computer that was so amazing <laughs> back in like the late eighties. I was like, or mid eighties. Yeah, it was probably mid eighties, uh, mid to late eighties. Because like I remember a lot of stuff. Because like I said, I have an older brother, so. I picked up from him, but he had a computer. That was absolutely amazing. One, one <laughs> thing I noticed, him. one thing I noticed about the difference in watching something as a kid and watching something as an adult is now when I see something, if I would have saw it when I was a kid, I would have been like, man, I really want that. That's so cool. But now as an adult, I'll look at that and be like, man, that I bet that costs so much money. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I about. There was this uh, thing on TikTok, I think it was. Uh, but somebody put it on Twitter and it was just this person's video game set up and it had all the cool systems there. And I was like, man, that is really cool. But like that person's got to be making some really good money. So I could think about <laughs> to be able to have afford all that stuff. <laughs> this one was another interesting one. I was just reading the first line. Now I want to read the rest. It's another letter. Uh, Canyon Park, California, February 11th, 1976. I was waiting for some redeeming value to come out of the show, but there was none. Of, as a matter of fact, the show ended with the witch flying home and dropping the broom, which landed back on Sesame Street. David picked it up and started winding. Oh, no. Looks like she'll be back. I kind of kind of got to agree with her on that one. Like, yeah, the end, like, should they have just ended let her fly off? Yeah. Like, we're done. Okay. I think so. Yeah. And then maybe did like a little He-Man G.I. Joe thing at the end, explaining. Yeah. <laughs> like He-Man coming out. Right. Yeah. That would be cool if He-Man actually did come out on this episode. I <laughs> okay. But that's neither. <laughs> but like sometimes. Talk about a metaverse. What <laughs> <laughs> heck of a metaverse. Well, Sesame Street, like we said, did have a lot of characters show up. So. Yeah. Uh, Dolph Lundgren may have. I think that's the only one that I've looked at. No, that's not He Man. That's not. Stop. Stop right now. Stop. I swear, if one of these days I get a message from you and you're like, for a movie review and you're like, let's do Masters of the Universe, I'm like, Johnny, we need to talk. If I do that, I give you permission to make me watch the first Michael Bay Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, my God. Uh, side note the second one is a lot more fun and i yeah. forgive it way more than that first one <laughs> yeah i didn't like brad i didn't like brad garrett as crane as crane. yeah yeah i didn't yeah. like that but i liked how they brought that but and i like will arnett in general so i him being involved is fine yeah uh but yeah but i think that's i think that's a n- nice little nifty tied up bow on this yeah man, we've done it the first episode of yeah. the new name of the show the, the nostalgia nos- fun house the nostalgia fun house the I nostalgia little- fun house fun that's house. what i was kind of going with yeah <laughs> yeah i kind of did i went with uh remember snl 
that's when what i was thinking the, yeah yeah like doing that that's what i was like what kind of could go with that and then i was like let's let's do this but yeah. this is like i said very first episode of the nostalgia fun house and i think sesame street is a great place to go with nostalgia even though this is kind of a creepy one but it is halloween so yeah so well, we got a we got some fun plans for the month of the spookiness uh, we got a lot of fun stuff in store for you um, so stay tuned for all of that including an uh, an extensive and very detailed review of the new hocus pocus <laughs> oh my goodness on our segment nostalgia fix or cash grab this <laughs> oh my goodness I think anything better will be better than Monster. Hey, that original, that Sarah Jessica Parker turned me into a man. All right. <laughs> you learned what a virgin was in a Disney movie. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. They were I, like, realized, I realized I was one when I was watching it. <laughs> that was say I felt the same way. Well, there you go. <laughs> so remember, you could check. This is the Nostalgia Funhouse now. Uh, the name changed. By the time this airs, we'll be in full effect. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Um, I think that's it. Or, you know, and listen to us still every Sunday, BICBP Radio Network, because we can't leave the network. We cannot do that. No. And Unless somebody offers us a lot of money. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I would sell out in a second. <laughs> I think I would sell out. <laughs> we, would buy, definitely be, we would definitely be a cash grab. This. <laughs> I'd buy like Matt, uh, a Kurt Angle cameo. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd get... <laughs> of him saying, hey, 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 Andrew and Johnny, like to thank you for all you've done for him. But they're leaving the network because they just got a bunch of money. And here you go. But they love you. See you later. That's all <laughs> that, I would, that would be the conversation I'd have to have with Matt and Chris. Like, I really love you guys, but they're offering us a lot of money over here. <laughs> like, I'll get you a nice Christmas gift. <laughs> we're talking money. Yeah, we're talking actual dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm making right now from these podcasts? Lunch on occasion. <laughs> That's for my own Patreons. <laughs> You're making more than me. I was thinking about starting a Patreon for this one. So let's do it. Let's do it. I need more I, lunch, Andrew. <laughs> I just need anything. I need anything. Let's let's talk about that all fair for real. Uh, but yeah, uh, again, Andrew, thank you for letting me warm my way onto the show. But uh, thank you to all you who listen. Uh, I know I can speak for Andrew when I say we very much appreciate each and every one of you. It means a lot to us. Yes, it does. And thank you once again. Um, I'm still going to keep the same ending because it. I think it's the greatest nostalgia ending I can remember because I love the Truman Show. And that is good morning, good afternoon, and good night. I'll get you, my pretty.